This Radio Days Africa audio amplified podcast is brought to you by the Vits Radio Academy. For more content and information, click to radiodaysafrica.co.za. Good afternoon and welcome back to Radio Days Africa, um, the second virtual edition of our series of 12 conferences that we've held annually since 2009. We're at the start of two weeks of discussions on all things radio and audio. Um, You'll find full details of the program and registration possibilities on our website, radiodayafrica.co.za. I hope you've enjoyed the discussion so far. Yesterday, of course, we had um, a discussion on campus radio, and I was really blown away by the energy and enthusiasm and the creativity that um, the new station manager um, generation from that sector of radio showed. I think we can say, watch the space. I think uh, it was a discuss- there was a suggestion made of a campus radio event, a campus radio network organization. I think we may well see something come of that. Uh, we had the opening panel in the afternoon and discussions ranged far and wide. And some of those points made there really stayed with me overnight and I think will stay with me for quite a lot longer. Um, this morning we had the program managers, um, ask the program managers, always a popular session and opportunities for people to talk um, to real program managers about what, what it is that they do with those demo tapes that people keep sending. Anyway, lots more to come, and I hope you'll stay with us over the course of the event. My name is Franz Kruger. I'm from the Wits Radio Academy um, and Wits Journalism. We are the hosts of Africa's biggest radio gathering, and I can say that I was the founder of this event um, in 2009, so it's great to see that it's continued um, and that it continues growing and changing and adapting to changing circumstances. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to discuss this afternoon um, the topic of the SABC um, and specifically SABC radio. Just before we get stuck into it in more detail, uh, one or two points of housekeeping. We really would like this to be a discussion that involves everyone. Uh, Please join in. Um, There are always opportunities to make points and ask questions through the chat function and the Q&A function on, on the Zoom webinar. Um, please also send us a voice note to, to the number you can see on screen, the South African code plus 27, and then 079-528-0000. So plus 27-79-528-0000. Please send us a voice note um, with your thoughts or comments on the SABC, um, and we'll play those a little bit later on. As I always say, tweet early, tweet often. Let's spread the conversation on social media. Um, with the hashtag RDA2021, as well as hashtag audio amplified, which is, of course, the topic for the entire conference. And just so you know, we're recording the conversation so people can listen back. And finally, in terms of housekeeping, um, I should just mention that a new thing that we've done this year is we've produced a series of podcasts. Um, Our colleagues at the Voice of Its radio station helped us with that. Um, So there's a series of podcasts called podcasting the African way. You can download those and listen to them on the website, radiodesafrica.co.za. I need to express our gratitude to um, our supporters. Firstly, and most importantly, the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung's media program for Sub-Saharan Africa, whose ongoing and generous support um, makes the event possible and has done so right from the very beginning. We also acknowledge the support of 
a number of backers, Iona FM, who help us with podcasting and streaming, RCS Sound Software, Media Heads 360, Pod News, Wise Buddha, the IMGR, the US Embassy in Pretoria, the Music Rights Organization, SAMRO, as well as the National Association of, of Broadcasters, all good partners for a considerable amount of time, without which, without who we couldn't um, do this event. So let's turn to the topic of this afternoon, the SABC post section 189. The SABC holds a particular program of South African life and particularly its 19 radio stations that still reach much further into the country than any other medium or organization. I think it's fair to say that it has had its ups and downs from the bad old days under apartheid to what has been described as a golden age just after 1994 to the era of Shadi Motsuneng. Though powerful in reach, the corporation really has struggled to find a balance between economic and political pressures. Just this year, we saw low points where we saw the painful end of the section 109 retrenchment process with over 600 staff members. The exact number is 621. I can forget the televised anguish of presenter Criselda Lewis at the job losses. Since then, there's been some good news of a corporation declaring that it made a monthly profit for the first time in years, just a month or two back. I'm joined this afternoon by Nada Wachella, who is um, the group executive for radio at the SABC, a position she's held since 2017. Before that, she was station manager at Umshobo Winene, the SABC station in Estrasa, broadcasting from Grebecha, formerly Port Elizabeth. I understand she was the youngest station manager ever appointed there. I think 2011, right, Nada, when you started at Umshobo Winene? Myself there. I actually started at um, Umshobo Winene, France, in... Um, in two, no, 1999 as a presenter, but I became station manager in 2008. And okay. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed with the pronunciation of Kabeha there. <laughs> That's my hometown. Yeah, it's, it's in fact my hometown too. I was born there. Although when I was quite young, I must admit. Um, yeah, I mean, we've all had to get used to those changes. So welcome, Nada. And thanks for being available for today's discussion. It's not the first time that you've joined us here at Radio Days Africa. Um, yesterday we had in Vikings this year, we touched on the SABC, but this afternoon we have an opportunity really to talk a little bit in more detail about the state of the corporation, specifically, of course, given our focus, the radio portfolio. Today it's just you and me, um, but we really hope that um, members of the audience will participate um, in different ways. So let me start with this. Um, rather traumatic experience that the corporation had to go through not so long ago, the series of retrenchments. 621, I think, job losses in the end. Of course, in the beginning, the numbers were much higher, um, but that was, I think, the number of people who left the corporation. Um, I think it was at the end of March. In the end, were they worth it? Do you feel that the corporation has emerged stronger? Was it necessary to go this route? Um. But thank you so much for having me, uh, Francis. It's always a pleasure um, and an honor to be on this platform. Um, we had hoped that this year it would actually be, you know, um, an actual event where we get to interact with, uh, you know, colleagues from uh, all over Africa, you know, uh, radio heads. But um, coming back to your question, it was really a traumatic 
a period for us in the SABC. And um, we, we, we didn't go into it naively. We did not think that, you know, we are going to sail through it and, you know, there aren't going to be any casualties. We've seen a lot of good people leaving the organization, people with really brilliant skills that, you know, the, the organization um, was still benefiting from. And, and but we, we had no illusions about it. We didn't, you know, go into it thinking that as soon as we're done with Section 189, everything is going to be fine. We are still building from you know, um, what has happened. It was quite, especially for somebody like myself who has known these people for 22 years, um, who know their families and, and sometimes their cats and dogs, <laughs> to see them leave the corporation. It was quite um, a painful exercise, but I guess one thing that we all agree on, it was very much necessary. We had to go through it to save the organization. Otherwise, if we did not embark on a Section 189 process, we would have to maybe, you know, in the long run, shut down some of our services. And that is something that we never want to see happening um, in this country where the majority of our people depend on the public broadcaster for their daily dose of news and information and even educational programs on a daily basis. So to save the corporation, it was very necessary that we go through this process. Closing down services, isn't that a bit overly dramatic? I mean, was that ever in, um, uh, on the table? Nada, you've, you've muted. Sorry, it says host muted me. Okay, am I am I audible now? Okay, cool. Look, it was never on the on the cards. We were very clear that um, we, we have to save all of our services. Uh, because each one of our radio platforms and television platforms has a specific part of the mandate that it delivers to the communities out there. A lot of people have suggested it. A lot of uh, false news have been spread in the media about, you know, uh, the SABC wanting to um, to sell some of its services, but it's it's never been on the cards. But you talk about rescuing the corporation. I mean, that's strong language. Did you think the corporation was at risk of closure? Um, maybe not closure, um, France, but the corporation was at risk of not being able to deliver on its mandate the way that it is licensed to and the way that South Africans expect it to. Um, I mean, if we carried on with a huge salary bill, um, surely something was, go was going to give somewhere down the line. There is no organization in the world that can survive um, with the salary bill, you know, that, that we had as the SABC or, or the imbalance in terms of how we distribute our revenues and our, our cash flows. So um, continuing with a salary bill that we know is dragging, you know, the, the business down. We cannot invest in technology. We cannot invest in marketing and every other thing that is necessary to grow the business. Surely, you know, um, something drastic was going to happen if we continued on that trajectory. Um, I'm just being asked whether you could turn your speaker down a little bit. Apparently that's what's positive. Um, All right. Just, All right. Um, just to make it as long as, as long as, of course, you can hear me, which is um, so. Uh, so you're talking about right sizing. You're talking about the salary. 
Um, I mean, are you in a, is the SABC now in a better place? The results that we have uh, shown in terms of the revenue, it's, it's the first glimpse, you know, of the SABC turning a corner and, and you know, um, going towards a positive um, narrative. Um, but looking at our radio platforms and looking at the skills that we require, I think we are on our way to recovery. Right now, we're still busy, um, you know, with, with uh, recruitment processes in, in some of the areas where we did not think we would lose um, skills. For instance, people opted, you know, um, to resign um, or leave the corporation. Um, you know, some of them with good intention, thinking that if I leave um, with my qualifications, I'm better off, you know, uh, getting a job somewhere else, whereas somebody who doesn't have similar qualifications, you know, it might be a problem for them to get um, employed somewhere else. So, so a lot of people that we did not think would be leaving, or a lot of skills that we didn't think would be leaving, um, have left the organization. Some people opted for retirement because they were close to retirement age anyway. So that's why we ended up with a higher number of people leaving the corporation than that which we had uh, predicted when we started the process. So currently, we, we're busy um, trying to appoint people in, in, in these positions. And we are really finding great talent. And um, I think SABC is, is once again proving that um, it, it is, you know, um, an employer of choice. A lot of people in this space, in broadcasting, they would like to work for the public broadcaster at some stage in their lives. And therefore we have um, unearthed a lot of talent that we didn't know. I mean, the other day I was in Kabeha introducing the new business manager for the two radio stations there, which we now call the Eastern Cape Combo. Um, Lois Obala, we all know him as a musician, but I, I also never knew that he had uh, rebranded himself and had been working in the broadcasting industry for some time. And when we are doing our recruitment, you know, he, he threw his name in, in the head and he was interviewed and we found that, you know, um, this is actually what we need. So there's, there's a lot of similar stories in different parts of the business. We also absorbing some of the people that have left um, the business in, in March. They are applying and where we can't get skills anywhere else, and of course, we know these people, you know, um, that already possess the skills that we're looking for, and they are slowly coming in. So our, our business is, um, is stabilizing, I must say. People go whose skills you need. Isn't that um, a mistake? Um, I mean, isn't that almost mismanagement? I mean, surely in a retrenchment process, you make sure that the people, the people that you can do without and you don't let people go and then potentially hire others or hire them back. There, there were various layers to the process, France. Like I say, there was a, a stage where you, um, you, you, you open it up for people who, um, who are ready to leave the corporation, like people who are over 55. So those people, when they want to leave and, and, and take um, a retirement, you can't really stop them. And there are younger people who when presented with the opportunity and you know, uh, had already started their businesses, some of them, they, they would, you know, um, they, they demonstrated a need to 
go out there and explore, um, you know, uh, greener pastures. Uh, so those are not people that you could uh, hold back. Um, yes, where we can, you know, uh, talk someone into staying, we have done that. And and then obviously, you know, the, the last part of the process was to let go of people that did not have the skills that you, you required. So there were various uh, stages and various layers to it. Let me ask, um, ask you to drop the volume even further, if you don't mind. This little, um, feedback well, I want to hear you. <laughs> well, as long as um, I hope that's I hope that's okay. Um, so, you have an estimate of roughly how many new hires you're 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 likely to make. Um, sorry, can you come again? Um, do you have an estimate of how many new hires you expect to make in this in this in this phase? Um, look, as at at radio, uh, for instance, we had over a uh, hundred uh, vacancies. I think around hundred and twenty uh, vacancies, but we have absorbed a lot of those people. I think uh, about seventy percent of the people that we have appointed. Um, if I can make an example. You know, we reduced our our station manager layer from 19 radio station, sorry, 19 station managers, you know, each radio station with its own station manager to now, you know, the business managers where we've combined some of the stations. So that gives us um, a total of 12 positions. So we, we still have, I think, about uh, three um, out of the 12 that are vacant, but the other um, six um, I think, have been internal um, appointments. We only have, no, no, no. I think it's, it's just one. And then we, we have um, the remaining um, that we are looking externally. So, um, you know, 70%, we have been able to absorb of the people that, you know, uh, whose positions had changed in some way and had to reapply for their positions and, and people that were applying for new positions where you know some of what they were doing is incorporated in the new position and they could still fit into those positions. So there's a lot of people that we have absorbed that have been with us, but you know, um, right now we're at a stage where we're opening up the process to external people to also compete, but we're still not closing the door for um, our former employees who have just left the organization. They are still applying, we're still seeing them showing interest and they're still being included in the recruitment processes. Thanks. I'm being told that the sound is still quite poor. I think we, we must just mute ourselves when the other is speaking, if you don't mind. Um, I've started doing that on my side, but uh, perhaps if you don't mind doing that on your side too. It's a pity about the sound, um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll manage and hopefully this is better. So, I mean, I, I want to move on to this question of of um, of the structures which you've which you've touched on. But before we go there, um, I mean, what is really interesting is that the SABC managed the politics um, of this process remarkably well, um, if one can put it that way. I mean, in previous rounds, there was strong pushback from uh, the minister, from parliament, from politicians of all sorts who said, "You just can't do this." And, you know, one moment we were hearing that, um, you know, the various political authorities were saying there will be no retrenchments at the SABC. And the next thing the SABC said, actually, we've done it. 
How did you manage that? I think that the difference, you know, with this time around and the previous uh, times is that um, we, we've had a very supportive board that, you know, um, was very much um, in support of letting the executives do what was necessary to turn around the organization. Um, and and I, I, I believe that it also takes a certain caliber of leadership to, um, to remain focused amidst the noise and do what is necessary for the organization. We, we, we go through life with choices. And, um, you know, um, our, our leadership um, showed this time around that, you know, they are a, a you know, a, a cater of leadership that is uh, not easily swayed, that is focused, that, you know, is driven by a desire to see the public broadcaster succeed and therefore were able to just close their eyes to all of the noise and, and you know, um, stick to the truth speak the truth all the time and say, these are the figures, these are the implications if we don't do this. And um, SABC is, is um, you know, contrary to what most people believe, is a, is a self-funding organization. It is a public broadcaster, but the fact of the matter is that it is self-funding. We have to go out there and, um, and earn our revenue. So if we still have to operate the way that we have been operating in terms of our um, revenue generating model, then you have to allow us to do what is necessary to ensure that the organization survives. So I think it was, um, it was a very decisive and strong leadership that was able to pull this one through and a very supportive board as well. Yeah, I mean, it's fine to be decisive, but to actually get yourself listened to takes um, quite a lot. I mean, was there a lot of lobbying that had to go on, a lot of behind the scenes activity? Because publicly, certainly, there was no sympathy from the political leadership for the routes that the SABC wanted to, to take. I, I'm not really privy to the, to the, to the lobbying, but um, in all the discussions that was a part of, um, one thing was clear, it's, it's the facts on the table. You have a salary bill that is not sustainable. You have a future that you have charted in front of you. And you know that to get there, these are the things that need to be done. It was all about communicating transparently and honestly to all the parties involved. Thanks. I mean, let me just take the discussion a little bit more widely and let me just remind um, everyone that if you do have comments and points, uh, please do make them um, and we'll pick them up either by voice note or um, through in the chat or in the Q&A in whatever way um, that that suits. But I mean, it is striking that the, the, the SABC do, does seem to be doing better uh, from a business sense. Um, I mean, there was that announcement a little while ago that um, income had, had, was larger than, than expenditure in, in the one month, I think it was April. Um, and on a wider level, you know, there's been a move, there's been movement in the last couple of days, I think it has been on the licensing regime. Um, there seems to be a proposal now to either look at a household levy or to look at a way of forcing various other players to basically collect the SABC license for them. There's a lot of resistance to that. So, um, I mean, multi-choice particular said, uh, we're not going to do to collect your money for you. 
Um, so there's clearly some work to be done there, but nevertheless, there seems to be traction for one or other of those options. Um, there's also, you know, the argument around um, paying for carrying the SABC channels on, on, on DSTV on the, on the bouquet. So there seems to be movement at some of those things. I remember being at a meeting some time ago uh, where the CEO declared that some of these were really the solutions that needed to be pursued and you have pursued them. What is your sense of the, out, the, the general atmosphere around financing, public and other financing of the SABC that has made these kind of moves possible? You, you know, it's it's like I I, I said, Frank. Uh, uh, sorry, France. The SABC is a self-funding organization, and we have to constantly, you know, explore avenues to increase our revenue. Um, you know, sometimes you get the sentiment uh, from from uh, certain centers that um, we should not be exploring you know, the, the revenue opportunities that we are exploring right now because we are, you know, a public broadcaster. But the fact is we don't get, you know, um, our budget from uh, the fiscus. We have to um, generate revenue there. Um, and also, you know, the, the payment of TV licenses in this country is quite, quite uh, poor. And um, so it, it's not revenue that we can really depend on if we want to grow the SABC. So yes, we have ex we have been exploring all of the um, the ways to generate new income for the SABC that you have uh, you have mentioned. But of course, there will always be pushback. There, there's pushback from our competitors, for instance, because we now um, you know encroaching on on their own revenues. But um, we, we've always been you know. Um, We've always been competing for, for, for revenue in the in the advertising space, and now you know we're all competing in the digital space. Um, so so why not go into other platforms, you know, to to generate the, the revenue until such time that SABC, you know, has a budget allocation from the government or from somewhere, or that you know people's uh, you know um, payment of their TV license improves. But in the absence of that we have to continue exploring all avenues to generate our income. Is, is the possible allocation of um, from, from the central fiscus, is that still something that you would like to see as the SABC? Look, if, if not that, then the public mandate has to be funded um, by the fiscus. And right now, um, you know, we get about between three and five percent of our um, um, public mandate being funded. Um, yes, in, in terms of the public mandate, we would love to see, um, you know, um, some allocation. Right now, we've been going through COVID since the lockdown started or since, you know, the state of emergency was declared. Um, we, 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 we've been struggling, you know, um, to to bring to South Africans all the, the types of programming that we've had to, um, to, to, to step up, you know, educational programs. We've had to cover all the ministerial addresses, the presidential addresses to the nation. Of course, that is part of our, you know, uh, responsibility to the, to the South African um, audiences. However, it comes at a cost. And 
no one was covering that cost, you know, uh, for the SABC. I mean, you've said, um, you know, persuasively that it's important for the SABC to look for money, you know, wherever it can find it. Um, and, and, you know, clearly that's the situation. But what I'm really interested in is, is to understand why the climate to some extent seems to have shifted to make these things more possible. Is it because there was a change in the ministry or in the in central government? Is it, um, is it something about the credibility of the corporation itself? What has made these arguments uh, better heard than they used to be? I think, you know, your, your, your last point about the credibility of the corporation, I think the kind of work that the corporation has been doing to, um, you know, to, to say to South Africans that we, we are an independent and impartial, um, you know, news gathering and, and broadcasting corporation, for example, you know, the campaign that we did around our, our news channel and, you know, um, our, our news programming, the um, just, you know, the, 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 the honest communication from our leadership about the SABC's challenges and the SABC's turnaround plans have given the, you know, the advertisers, the audiences, and all our stakeholders some comfort that this is an organization that is on an upward trajectory and it's an organization that needs to be supported. So yes, you're right. The, the climate has changed because we have had leadership that communicates honestly about the state of affairs, leadership that has tried not to be you know, uh, politically influenced with certain decisions um, unless you know, you know, there, 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 there are things that are necessary, like for instance, um, how we handled the, the, the COVID situation. We had to hold hands with all our stakeholders, including government and the politicians, but where the corporation, you know, has to be independent and make decisions in the interest of the South African public that it serves, we have been able, you know, uh, to do so. Yeah, because I think it's, it's obviously something that's uppermost in all of our minds. Um, I mean, I must say, you know, in terms of the change of, of, of climate that, uh, that we've been talking about, um, I was really struck by the fact that Wayne Duvenage of the Organization for Undo Undoing Tax Abuse uh, wrote an, a column in which he was really complimentary of the SABC, and that really surprised me. Um, I don't think he's been prominent in comment commenting on the SABC in the past, but nevertheless, it was an indicator that there was a, um, a shift there. And of course, it helps that uh, the SABC's not had, for a while, hasn't had the kind of scandals and, and controversies that, um, that were so common a few years back. But let me turn to the specific marketing and commercial income. I mean, a month or two back, um, as, as we've said, you declared that the corporation had turned a profit was that because of a reduction of expenditure? Are your are your marketing teams um, doing you know doing things differently? I saw a reference in one article to much more emphasis on sponsorship. What's the source? Where's that ex Where's that profit come from? It's a it's a combination of um, different things, but 
you know, um, advertising revenue being at the center of it. Um, we've had, I mean, we've had a restructuring and a reformatting in terms of how we sell our radio stations. Previously, we only used to sell just, you know, classical advertising. We would have um, AEs that would focus on certain brands and they would sell certain platforms in a specific way. We're now selling integrated solutions. We're selling digital, we're selling all platforms um, that we have. Like I was saying before, we're exploring all avenues. I mean, we've looked at how we sell and how we package our properties and we've refined how we go to the market and present our properties. And we're giving our clients more solutions um, for instance, when it comes to our sports um, content, we've just launched a sports channel. We've just refined how our sports programming is packaged. And we, we, we talk about what our challenges are in terms of our sports programming. And we communicate our plans well in advance. And now the industry you know, can see that, okay, this is the direction the SABC is moving. There's an opportunity there. And therefore, I can place my... Um, my advertising. So the way we're structuring our commitments, um, our commitment deals is, is very much different. And those are the kinds of skills that we have gone out to the market to look for, you know, you know, people who can sell all these different properties that we have at the SABC. But also in terms of managing our expenditure, we've also been driving that, you know, uh, very vigorously within the corporation. So, um, so it's, it's a combination of everything that can help in turning around our, our organization. I mean, yes, Bastian Pike is about, um, what, you know, what the, what, what, what the reason was for the success in the teeth of COVID, basically, which, where the economy has really struck, struggled. And he said, well, we don't accept COVID as an excuse. Well, it's not an excuse, but it's a reality, right? I mean, you know, the economy is in a, is not in a good way. Um, and media and marketers have really struggled over the last little while. Um, I mean, has COVID must have ex um, affected your marketers just as much as anyone else? Yes, talking about marketers, I think that's, that's a, you know, a main area where COVID has really affected us. We have not done any marketing of our brands. However, there's also a lot of things that COVID has helped um, us to unearth. Um, for instance, we've been um, in partnership with various stakeholders and creating specific programming that could be sponsored by, um, you know, by, by certain organizations. For instance, most of our PBS radio stations introduced more curriculum-based programming that could help, you know, the children that could not access online schooling. And those we could package and, and, and sell um, or, or get sponsored, you know, by various um, organizations. Um, there's, you know, uh, virtual events that we launched, webinars that we launched, and those that we could take to the market, you know, to be sponsored. I remember um, last year around Women's Month, Group FM had a series of webinars that they were doing that was um, sponsored by, by, you know, one of our clients. And we, we didn't think that we could do such things. And, you know, the beauty about it was that we were not spending um, a cent. I mean, we already have the virtual platforms 
Um, so we, we didn't need to, um, to hire venues, to cater and, and do all of those things that our marketing budget around, uh, for example, Women's Month would be channeled to, you know, um, and, and, and sometimes you wouldn't get as much, you know, um, in return in terms of sponsorships or you would get, you know, less than what you have spent. So we were, we were still putting out our brands out there and delivering on our responsibilities to, to the public out there without spending much and we could package those and generate some revenue out of it. But definitely COVID did impact how we, um, did have an impact on how we market our brands. Um, if you look at our marketing budgets, uh, example, you know, there's about more than 90% that was not spent, that was supposed to be spent um, over the last fiscal. We're hoping that, you know, uh, things will improve and we'll be able to take um, our brands out there. There's, for instance, five brands that uh, had to launch brand campaigns last year and we had to shift you know the, the timelines to uh, to 2021 and we, we're just holding thumbs that we're able to to launch those brand campaigns because it is about time that we, we go out there I mean radio is such a medium where people want to to touch and feel you know they, they want to see their personalities they 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 looking forward to the music festivals that the, the stations would be doing and you know getting that t-shirt and all of that memorabilia that you would take to these um, events. So yes, with all the lessons taken, you know, we're looking forward to, to going to the markets again. Um, I uh, wanted to remind people that uh, I'm talking to um, executive for radio at the SABC, Nada Wachella, on the state of the SABC, you with Radio Days Africa, um, the, the virtual edition. Um, and my name is Franz Kruger. Uh, please do participate in the conversation. We're happy to have your your comments and questions in the chat, in the Q and A, or by um, by voice note, um, and we will play those um, as we go along. There's the uh, um, uh, there's the hashtag there. Um, now. Nada, you're, uh, you, you, you clearly highlight the, the role of sponsorship in, the, in, in generating income. Um, and I was interested to hear you say that um, the educational programs have been sponsored. Would those be by the Department of Basic Education or are there commercial sponsors who do a kind of public service by sponsoring um, class programs on radio? Um, yes, on the, on the subject of our... Um educational programs, even health programs, um, it, it's not just the departments that would be sponsoring these. There's a lot of um, NGOs, there's a lot of you know, uh, institutions that operate in the education space who have come up and supported some of these, um, some of these programs. And some are just you know, pure commercial entities that have, you know, um, as part of their CSI you know, um, activities, they would come to the SABC and say, do you have any educational programs that you would like um, sponsored? And of course we, we do. So it's, it, it's not just the department and um, even with the health. I mean, last year we partnered with the um, DG Murray Trust um, in producing some of the COVID, specific COVID education uh, programs. 
So I wanted to, to, to turn to the to some questions of structure and specifically the business model. I mean, I've I've heard a lot about a new business model that's been instituted, and you've talked today about the fact that some of the stations have been turned into are being regarded as a combo, as you seem to be calling it, a limpopo combo, um, and uh, presumably there are there are one or two others. Um, just talk us through the logic of that. I mean, is that just a question of of um, of saving costs by appointing one less manager, or what's the logic of that? I mean, of course, when I saw that there's a Limpopo combo, I had to rem remember that at, the, at my time at the SABC, after 1994, we specifically um, disentangled the stations that were based in Petersburg, as it was then, um, to give them each their independent entity. Um, and I see now that you're kind of going back to that, uh, combining them into, into a unit. Talk us through the logic of combining these stations into units like that. Okay. I, I, yeah, I've, I've been waiting for that question. And, you know, I, I would like <laughs> to have every opportunity to explain that. Um, look, when we said we are combining the management roles, it's not the stations that we are combining, it's the management roles. For instance, um, using the example that you have just stated, the, the stations that used to be based in, in Petersburg, they're still based in Bulugwane, um, you know, as well. So, but they, they are operating as three radio stations independent of each other. They are housed in the same building in, in Bulugwane, but they are three stations that are dedicated to three language um, groups. I mean, Palapala broadcast, broadcast in Chivenda, um, Mungana Lonene broadcast in Chitonga, and we have Tobela FM, for the Sibedi uh, uh, group. So what we have combined is the roles of the station manager. So we have a business manager. And um, to protect the stations and to make sure that they still deliver on their mandate and their license conditions, we, we kept the, the role of program manager as is. So our program managers were not affected by the restructuring and the retrenchment process mainly because they are the custodians of what comes out of the speaker. They are the custodians of the mandate and the language, you know, and, and, and you know, all things programming. So program managers are still the ones that look after what um, the station delivers um, in terms of on-air content and, okay, on various platforms as well. But the business managers... They are there, you know, to oversee the entire operations. The SABC, I think it's also important to, um, to, to mention this. It, it's quite a, a very resourced organization. There's a lot of support structures that are available to each radio brand. For instance, with our independent um, or, or commercial counterparts, there's a station manager and, you know, there would be a news editor that reports to the station manager. There would be a technology manager, marketing manager that all reports to the station manager. In the SABC, we have technology, you know, um, operating as a standalone division, but providing support. So we call them support services. So a, a station manager, you know, 
only you know in the in the previous uh, dispensation the station manager's role is just to look after the operations of the station in terms of technology they just you know um, draw up a list of what they require and the people that are responsible for technology would then come in and you know we do the research for them would come in and say okay this is what's out there in the market what we think is best suited for your brand it's this, you know, uh, three or four, and then the station manager would have to then give input. But they are not the people that are really involved in sourcing the, the right technology for their um, radio stations or even news. They have no control over what news does. You know, news operates independently, and they just come in and they broadcast um, at their allocated time. So it, it, there's kind of less that our station managers were doing when you compare to station managers out there. And that is why it was easy to decide to combine some of these roles. Of course, we have our strategic brands like, you know, uh, your Ukozi, your Metro, um, your Arasriya. Those are our cash cows in the SABC. And, um, you know, a station like Arasriya is, is not really a cash cow, but it's a station that is servicing, you know, specific um needs of specific communities and there are other strategic um you know projects that the station is championing and and with those and channel africa of course we said we will not combine these with any other we want to let the stations you know do what they are good at without disrupting them and you know just support them and make sure that they 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 flourish so it's it's the stations in terms of how they broadcast have not been merged. It's the role of the station managers that has been changed. It's the overseer of the brands that uh, is now a new role. So you're saying the stations continue to speak specifically to their various audiences and that doesn't change. Um, uh, But doesn't it amount simply to, in a sense, giving the the programs manager the responsibility of station manager, um, I you know to look after that station and its identity, um, and its audience appeal and all that goes into that, um, and giving them a new boss to report to. Isn't it just a playing with words? Um, yeah, it it was raised by our employees, you know, as we were engaging, but you also. Um, France had the, the, the opportunity to, to reduce the salary bill at senior level where most of you know, the, the bigger salaries are. I mean, if we, for instance, had decided we're not going to touch the roles of station managers, then um, let's say, for example, a station manager earns 1.2 million and the lower level employees who are actually you know, uh, responsible for the content production and and delivery. And, you know, your runners, the people that are doing the marketing on the ground and and the OBs and all of that. If if we were only going to focus on the lower level employees, surely we're going to have more casualties in this process. Because, I mean, that 1.2 was going to amount to, you know, maybe four people exiting the corporation than to have one person who earns 1.2 million. So we've had to look at those things, but also just to look at how the SABC is set up. Would the, the program managers have you know, a sufficient support from our other support services to do their jobs? And the answer is yes. 
even the new business managers, for instance, if you go to Limpopo, there's also a regional operations manager there that is also a support system to, um, to the business manager. So the, the key combos that, um, that we need to get used to are one in Limpopo, one in the Eastern Cape, one between five and Good Hope. Are there others? Yes, commercial between five and Good Hope, and there is also um, Lisedi FM and Mutweding FM, and that's our inland combo. Okay. I want to um, ask you about another aspect of this shift, and that is that you're calling the top job in these combos business manager. That seems a very commercial focus. Um, is that their main job, to bring in the money? Um, yes, it, it, it is. We, we are also highlighting that um, one of the key um, deliverables for these managers is to, is to unlock the revenue opportunities for, for, for the stations. And so when we put together the requirements for the, um, for the successful incumbents in these roles, um, it, it was definitely business acumen because um, we, we have to get to a point where these stations, you know, um, generate the kind of revenue that, uh, you know, the, that matches their audiences because that's the other conundrum in the SABC. Our stations carry this, these massive audiences, but when you look at the revenue, we, we're not matching that. And, you know, we believe that, you know, rate cards are based on revenues and all of those things. But what is it that makes our brands, you know, not able to match the, the revenue to, to the audiences? Of course, a lot of people, you know, would want to shift the, the debate to the quality of audiences, but it, it's, it's not, you know, that black and white. Isn't there a the, the public mandate will suffer. I mean, you're putting people in charge, essentially in charge of um, the main radio stations and telling them uh, you're running a business. Um, what happens to the public mandate? I don't believe the public mandate will suffer at all. The SABC, I was, I was talking to, um, to our staff in the Eastern Cape the other day, um, explaining, you know, this role of business managers, saying our, our program managers have been trained, you know, in, in public broadcasting. And that is all they know is to create programming that, you know, um, delivers to, to this mandate. Our, our mandate is not changing. Our license conditions are not changing. Umsabo Wanene will still be required to produce, you know, um, the hours of drama that are stipulated in their license conditions, the sports programming that we are expected to produce. All of those things will be there. And we believe we have the right skills at the stations that can deliver on these things with their eyes closed. Our people wake up every morning to go and deliver on their public mandate. And you know that no one can challenge us on the public mandate. So that is not changing. What is changing is the vigor to go out there and, um, and explore revenue opportunities. And we would like to see our managers more and more working with our salespeople to go out there to, to the industry and, um, and, and tell the good stories 
that um, you know um, our stations have and and sell them better. Yeah, I think that just to say we've done it all the time and so we'll just continue doing it um i mean you know uh, once you put the pursuit of a of a business model front and center it it has an impact um and i mean arguably that's been the sabc's difficulty for many years is that it's had to find its own money um in competition with others but i think you know one has to think a little bit harder about how to safeguard that public mandate um in you know in in the face of that kind of very sharp uh, emphasis on the commercial but let me pass on to you a question that comes here from the chat from Trevor Lafrancy Trevor Grange the community radio sector continuously complains about high centic tariffs is that a worry for the SABC sorry i did not get that as a community radio sector worries about well it's really the question whether the the, the, the the amounts charged by Centec uh, for transmission, whether that's a concern for the SABC. Oh, well, definitely. I mean, <laughs> um, I think that's the other big cost driver in the SABC is the Centec cost, the transmission cost. I mean, our stations like SAFM, for instance, um, we spend we spend more than... 50% of the station's um, revenue on, on our um, transmission costs. So it, it is a big uh, concern for the SABC. And as we migrate to um, you know, this digital era, we, we're exploring cheaper options and you know, uh, alternatives that we can bring to our audiences. But as we know, things in this country have been moving quite slowly. And, and therefore, we we hear bearing this burden of these um, transmission costs from from Centex. So yeah, I I, I share your um, your sentiments there. So let's segue to talk about a little bit about um, the new technical platforms that are becoming available, which we talked about yesterday. You know, radio is now one player in a very complex audio landscape, and to some extent, uh, those are new opportunities. Extent. You froze there, Brands. I'm not sure whether it's on my side. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Nada? Are you frozen? Nada, can you hear me? Um, France, you, you, you're going to have to go through that one again. I didn't sure. hear it. Sure. I'll just repeat myself as long as you can hear me now. Um, so um, I was wanting to move from there actually to talking about uh, the new technical audio platforms that, um, that are becoming available. Uh, I mean, you're talking about moving to digital. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean you'll be taking up the offer of simulcasting on DAV Plus? Does it mean audio streaming? What does it mean to move towards a more uh, digital mode of getting content to audiences for this? We we actually very excited um, about you know the the plans that we have and the work that our technology division has been um, has been doing you know um, in order to enhance 
our our delivery on our public mandate. We we've been seeing you know um, an improvement on um, streaming platforms. We've been seeing an improvement on podcast downloads. We've been seeing um, you know demand increasing um, in terms of our listeners who are looking for our our content on on various platforms so um there's there's a lot of opportunities that we we are seeing as the SABC and there's a lot of work that is happening in the background for instance we have our our plans to launch an OTT player next year we have uh, plans to launch new websites and apps and 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 just to make sure that we we refine what we are offering. A lot of our producers right now are being trained um, in, in producing for these platforms. So it's no longer just producing for, for, for the traditional radio platform. When a producer is producing a program on an SAFM, for example, they have to think about how that particular content is going to, um, to be extended you know, um, beyond the, the, the program that they are producing for. They have to think about how, you know, uh, it's going to be received by people that are going to listen to it later, that are going to download it as a podcast. They have to think about just sometimes creating content for the digital platforms, just to make sure that the stuff that they are not able to put on air at a particular particular time doesn't go to waste. It, it you know, uh, gains expression on other platforms. So there's, there's, um, a lot of opportunities in this regard, and SABC is is right there, you know, uh, trying to play catch up. Thanks. Um, I see the clock is really ticking. We only have a few more minutes um, left, but I do want to just ask you in, in, to a close. Really, you know, retrenchments are very traumatic for an organisation. For those you left behind. Um, as well as, of course, for those who've lost their jobs. How, how, what are you doing to address that, you know, to reassure staff that they've left behind that there is a new kind of beginning ahead? And how do you get staff to a point where they can once again feel confident in creating? Because public broadcasters really do need to be a home for creativity. There, there is currently a, um, a project that our CEO has undertaken to, you know, visit, not visit in the physical sense, you know, in the virtual sense, to interact with, you know, various departments and various provinces. So, um, you know, whenever I um, open my laptop in the morning, I can see whether GCO is speaking and engaging with staff, so he would go to technology, he would go to sales, he would go to um, to news, and then provinces. We, we have our own as radio, I think tomorrow, where we're gonna be um, engaging the CEO, where the staff get to understand where we are as an organization, where we are going, and what their role is in, um, in, in, in taking the SABC to this future that is being painted by the executives in front of them. So we, we do realize that it, it has been traumatic and you know some of the people um, do come forward and say, I don't think I can work like this. And you ask, what do you need? We've also made our wellness 
services available to staff that have gone through retrenchment and staff that are remaining. So, yes, it is quite a, a traumatic um, a period that we've just gone through. But as I say, a lot of our employees understand that it was necessary. I mean, people have said it in these platforms that I'm talking about where the CEO and the executives go to address them. You know, someone will, will say, I understand why, why we've had to do this, but then this is my question. So you do get a sense that people know that um, it was necessary and they accept that it was necessary. Um, but yes, when it comes to the impact personally, you know, um, that's something that we need to provide extra support, um, like, you know, wellness and, and just, you know, managers being there, being visible um, and, you know, being supportive to their teams. That's what we've been doing. And of course, using platforms like these, making them available to staff to interact, you know, with like-minded um, colleagues and, and, you know, uh, share experiences and advice. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nada. We've, um, we've run out of time. I started out by saying the SABC plays an important role in our national life. Um, and I think that continues to be the case. And I think um, one really hopes that, uh, you know, the SABC can grow um, and become that creative place where um, that leads in the way that it should. I want to thank you particularly for being so open today. Thanks also for the specifics that you've given. It's really given us a good insight. Thanks to the team behind the scenes. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to everybody who joined here this afternoon, the discussion. A reminder that we'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 uh, with a session on the future as female, exploring gender, and in the afternoon, one on training, QBE versus the classroom. Thanks to everyone. Visit radiodaysafrica.co.za for further details. Thanks so much. For more information and podcasts, click to radiodaysafrica.co.za.